It is good to be with you. Like I just prayed, we're in a series called Battle Born. And if you're new, i got to say it again, welcome home. Super excited that you're here. Um, I, uh, one of the things that I found out early in life, like in my 20s, early 20s to mid-20s, like if you've already gone through this season, maybe you'll be familiar with this, but you go through a lot of moving. Like, you just move a lot, apartment to apartment, house to house. The first time I really moved and lived on my own with some other guys was when I moved from a dorm my sophomore year of college into our own place. It was awesome. It was, it was like, okay, now we get to finally live the way we want to live. It was, it was a little ugly. It was a little messy. But it was ours. Me and two other guys, 21 years old. You can about imagine how this went. Um, we, we made a mistake. I'm going to kind of tell you up front. Our place, our loft in this college town was uh, below or above our landlord. So that's not good. See, so Laddie, the landlord, true, that's his name, Laddie lived below us. And uh, about the first day we were there, Laddie came up and said, you guys, uh, you got you to gotta tone it down. This is out of control. And we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. Well, guess how long we lasted in that place? One month. One month, 30 days to the nose, he comes up on a Sunday morning after a party and he says, you guys need to be out. I'm like, come on, out? Like, when? How long you give us? He said, today. Today, we're like, okay, he got our attention. We had to literally move from our place, out of there, find a place, get people to help us move, which that was nobody. Nobody would help us move. It was us doing it. Um, but it leads me to, to what I want to tell you is, when you need somebody to help you move, is that easy to find? It, it, it's difficult. Like, even today when somebody says, hey, Monty, what are you doing on Saturday? My first thought is that really depends on what you're about to say next. It really does. Because uh, if you're talking about going golfing, let's talk. Oh, you're moving? You know what? Gosh, we're out of the country. I'm sorry. It just isn't, just not going to work for us. I hate moving. Can't stand it. Um, in fact, there was a time uh, when, um, again, I was probably 28, and my friends asked me to help them move. And we got there, and they lived in a house. They were moving. And uh, I wasn't familiar with their house, so I'm walking with this huge box. And this is a box that, I, I mean, it's huge. I can't see over it. And it's a box that had the word on it, the word that they should have never let me pick up, called breakable. Big mistake. So I'm walking with this fragile, these fragile items, and I get to the, the stairs that lead to the sidewalk, the outside kind of concrete stairs, and I'm stepping down the stairs, kind of by faith. I'm taking these steps, and I'm like, okay, yep. I get there, and I really can't see anything. And I finally get to the bottom, the last, and I'm on the sidewalk, and I'm like, ah, I made it. And I take my next step. Here's the problem. I wasn't to the sidewalk yet. There was still a stair to go. I don't know if you've ever taken a step when you think there's no stair. Yeah, it was bad. Face plant. I go, I'm on the ground. I'm on the sidewalk. The box, everything spills out of the box. And the, one of the gals that lived there, she comes running over. She's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I'm like, oh no, I'm okay. She runs right by me, grabbing her stuff. I'm like, seriously? You're worried about your little precious moments? I'm over here, you know, bone sticking out of my neck, but she didn't care. It's kind of like, you know what that reminded me of, Ava? When I picked my kids up for youth camp a few weeks ago, I kid you not. So they're gone for a week. I picked my kids up from youth camp. We get home. Ava, my 14-year-old, she doesn't get that emotional. But we're at home and her tears are welling up in her eyes. And I'm like, oh, she's getting emotional. She says, she goes, she looks over at me. She goes, I missed you so much. I said, sweetie, I missed you too. And she walks right by me and grabs our dog and starts mm, kissing our dog. Are you serious? I'm like, get back to camp. You know what? <laughs> but that's what it was like. So this gal runs by me to worry about her box, and I'm down on the ground. But here's the good news. 
Well, the bad news is I, it really hurt. I was, I was down and it was painful. The good news is she didn't want me carrying any other boxes. So I'm like, this is awesome. Like, this is great. I would have I threw myself down the stairs like an hour ago. If this was the case. It was great. But my point is, I'm taking these steps. I can't see where I'm going. I'm stepping by faith. Painful in the moment. But at the end of the day, it was a victory for me. See, today we're walking by faith. Say faith. So Battle Born is a series that is birthed out of Ephesians, a book in the New Testament. In Ephesians, Paul writes about arming, arming ourselves, the belt of truth, the, the breastplate of righteousness, these things that we've looked at, right? Today is the shield of faith. So I'm going to give you one verse to look at. You don't have to go there. I'll put it up. But this is what Paul says about the, the, the um, shield of faith. In addition to all these, the three things that we've already talked about, and if you missed any of those, you can watch them on YouTube or listen to them and uh, iTunes, all that stuff. But man, we built up to this point. And listen to what he says. Hold up. Say hold up. So we we actually have to take action. We actually have to hold the shield up. So he says, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. So what are the fiery arrows that are being shot at us every day? I'll tell you what they are. See, the devil, all he can really do to defeat us, he's been defeated. So all he can do now is just throw lies and accusations and deception. That's all he can do. And he knows if we start to look at the arrows and we get our track off our purpose, because our purpose is there, the arrows are all around us. See, some of you, I'm not, some of you, and you know who you are, you walked in here so distracted That's the enemy working on you. You walked in here so defeated, believing what people have said about you, believing um, lies from your past, from your past failures, your past mistakes. I'm telling you, God brought you here to, to equip you with a shield, have you raise it up, and you walk towards him. You walk towards purpose. This is key that you catch this. See, we have seven core values in our church. One of them is risk. Say risk. So this is, risk requires faith. So we used to have a saying, high risk equals high reward. Okay? Not stupid risks. I've done plenty of those in my life, but high risk. Calculated risk according to God. High risk equals high reward. And I'm convinced of this. Most people are not living their God-given purpose because fear. Fear. You're looking at what the devil's throwing at you. You're believing the lies about you. You're playing it safe rather than pleasing God. But today, is God's going to call you to raise the shield. God is going to call you to raise it up. And he's going to bring you to your purpose. I wrote down, faith is trusting God and taking a step even when it doesn't make sense. Even when it doesn't make sense, I'm going to take this step. Okay? And when you do, it may not make sense in the moment, but I promise you when you look back, you'll see, my gosh, I had my shield. I had my faith, I had my Jesus, and he's bringing me to my purpose. Say purpose. You've got a purpose. I I need to teach you out of a gospel. Gospel just means good news. So Matthew is the first book of the New Testament. If you brought a Bible or a mobile app with the Bible app on it, go to Matthew 14, verse 22. Now, if you don't have those things, it's cool. We're going to put it up on the screen for you as well. The screen's working, right? Yeah, I'm sure it is. So I'm going to take that as a yes. So thank you, Jesus. So Matthew 14, 22. So this is, this is well, let me read the first, few se- or the first sentence, and I'll, I'll set it up after that. It says, immediately after this, 
Well, I could stop right there because if, 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 there, if Matthew's writing immediately after this, that means something has just happened. Well, immediately after what? Well, here's, here's what he's talking about. Jesus has just done one of the biggest, greatest miracles in ever, ever, that's ever happened. Some of you might be familiar with the story where Jesus fed thousands of people with five loaves of bread and two fish. Okay? He took that and he multiplied it and he multiplied it and he multiplied it. And he fed thousands, 10 to 15,000 people total, they estimate. So the great, one of the greatest miracles that's ever happened has just happened. And now this. Immediately after that great miracle, listen to this. Listen to this. Jesus insisted the disciples get back in the boat and cross to the other side of the lake. This is the, lake, the, the Sea of Galilee. Cross to the other side while he sent all those thousands of people home. After sending the people home, Jesus goes up on the hill to pray by himself. Interesting. Night fell and Jesus is there alone. So Jesus, get, check it out. You guys get in the boat. Boom, pushes him off into the shore, and Jesus goes up over here, and he prays to the Father. And I always think to myself, what is Jesus praying? Like, he just got into doing this amazing thing. I bet he's thanking God, praising God. We talked about that last week. You know, your praise will determine your peace. And, and so, so Jesus is, but what else is he praying? More on that in a bit. Okay, Jesus is praying. Disciples are out. And verse 24, meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble, far away from land. For a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. 25. About 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus comes towards them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him on the water, they were terrified. They were freaked out. In their fear, say fear. In their fear, that's the opposite of faith. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. Row, row, raggy. It's a ghost. It's like they were scared. And, and, and the thing is, here's why they didn't recognize Jesus. I'll tell you straight up. They weren't looking for him. Okay? In your fear, in the deception, when the arrows are flying, when the job isn't going the way you hope it would go, when the kids aren't on the right path like you trained them they should be, when life is in disarray, and some of you, you're in the middle of it and you know it. And that's why God brought you here. When you're in that, if you focus on the fear and the what ifs, you're, you're, you're missing the target. You're, you're, you're putting your eyes off of your target, your purpose, and onto, onto the fear. That's what they did. See, fear and faith cannot coexist. It can't happen. It can't happen. See, if you're, if you're walking by faith, Jesus says, I will expel the fear. But if you're living in fear, you're missing out on that shield. You might have a shield in your hand, but you're not holding it up. Ephesians says, hold it up. Ephesians, you don't sit like this. That's fear. You're going to look around here. Faith is like this. I'm walking forward to God's purpose. They were living in fear. They were focused on their fear. And fear will always blind you to the presence of the Lord. Always. It always will. They didn't recognize Jesus. Number one, they weren't looking for him. And number two, they had their fear and they didn't recognize him. But let's look what happened. Jesus speaks to them at once. Oh my gosh, when you read God's word, there's such, there's little things that, that God will show you, like uh, at once stood out to me when I prepared for you and prepared for this message. Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. In other words, have faith. In other words, lift up your shield. Take courage. I am here. I love at once. Jesus doesn't want you to stay in your fear. 
Jesus doesn't get pleasure watching you just sit in fear and wonder if it's going to work out, wonder how the bills are going to get paid, wonder if you're going to get the job. You know, wonder if things are going to work out. Jesus does not, Jesus is begging for you to raise the shield, call on his name. I love it. At once, Jesus says, don't be afraid. I'm here. Take courage. Question. When Jesus sent these guys out on the boat, did he know he was sending them into a storm? The answer is yes. He did. He's Jesus. He knows they're going into the storm. Did he, did, did, did he send them anyway? He did. See, I say that because some of you, the storms can happen a couple different ways. Sometimes when you're out of God's will, God will send a storm to, to help get you back in line. That would be Jonah in the, in the whale story. He's out of God's will. God sends a storm. Fish eats him. You know the rest of the story, right? Three days later, blah, you know, and then, yeah, I'm sorry. So, but, but this is different. They're in God's will and they're in the storm. See, sometimes I think we get discouraged and we think, God, are you even with us? I went to church, I worshiped you, I'm trying to read my Bible, I'm trying to do things right, I'm trying to pray to you, and my life is completely messed up. Okay, praise Jesus Christ. Okay, there's a reason we're putting on armor. There's a reason that Paul's writing to followers of Jesus and telling them, put on your armor, put on, raise your shield. Why? Because that's when the battle happens. If you're not doing much for Jesus, you might as well leave the armor off. The devil's probably going to leave you alone. But when you, start get, when you start getting in line of God's will, oh my gosh, expect arrows. Say expect arrows. You need to expect arrows. But check this out. Remember when I said that Jesus went up to the hill to, the pray, to pray after he sent him off? I, will, um, I don't know this. It's not in scripture. But I would almost guarantee that Jesus goes up on the hill and this is what he does. Jesus is like, Father, there go my friends. And you know where they're going. I know where they're going. They're going into a storm. God, I need you. They need you with them. Help them raise their shield. Give them faith. I, I, I almost could guarantee you that Jesus Christ is praying for those guys. Grow them, God. Help them. Equip them. I, I, this is the, just think of, Romans 8.34 says Jesus prays for us all the time. Like Jesus literally, physically he sits at the right hand of the Father right now. That's what the Bible says. And he intercedes. Now his Holy Spirit is in this place today. But look at Romans 8.34. Paul's writing this as well. Who will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. Say for me. It was for you. And it was for me. And he's sitting in a place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Doesn't that change things for you to know that your father literally intercedes on your behalf? Like if Jesus was back here right now, if he's hanging out back there and he's literally praying for you, he's asking God to give you courage. He is, he is raising you up right now. He's right there. Wouldn't that change how you, how you interact in your day? How you raise your sheet? Wouldn't that change the game for you? Well, I've got a little surprise for you. Jesus is there. In fact, Jesus, come on out. Jesus, come on out. You ready for this? Okay, I'm just kidding. He's not physically back there, you guys. He's, I'm talking, God, you guys are like, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, he's up, remember I said he's up there. So anyway, his spirit is here, and technically he is there, he's here, he's over there, and he's up there. He's with you. He knows your fear, he knows your struggle, and that's why he came. He's in control. And notice that Jesus always comes to you in the storm. He always comes to you in the storm, doesn't he? 
Some of you in your storm, you're wondering where he is. I guarantee he's walking towards you. You just got to recognize it. It may not be when you want either. Three in the morning, I kind of look at that. I'm like, three in the morning, Jesus? I bet the disciples want you there like at one in the morning or maybe midnight. But he waits till three in the morning. See, God's timing isn't our timing. Trust that he's on his way. His word says it. It may not be when you want it, but he's coming. Say he's coming. He's coming. Verse 28, then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come walking on the water. And Jesus says, yes, Peter, come. I love that because Jesus doesn't get mad at Peter. Jesus doesn't say, oh, come on, Peter. I said it was me. It's me. Now you're doubting me. Jesus doesn't get mad at his doubt. It's okay to doubt. It's okay to doubt. Don't stay there. Peter's, Peter's scared. He's still wondering. Is it you? Jesus says, yeah, come. So Peter went over to the side of the boat and check it out. He walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind and he saw the waves and he saw the arrows shooting by, he was terrified and he began to sink. And he yelled out, save me, Lord. He shouted, save me. So Peter exhibits this incredible faith. And then all of a sudden, he takes his eyes off of Jesus and puts them onto his fear. Anytime you take your eyes off of Jesus and you start focusing on the distractions, which is what the devil would have you do, you're going to sink. You're going to sink. But Jesus was right there. <laughs> the arrows, the waves, the wind. So Peter, we think it's just waves, but for you and I, again, remember what it really is. Accusations, deception. You're never going to be good enough. You're going to continually fail in that area. The business is never going to make it. Your finances will always be upside down. Your depression's never going to go away. The anxiety that keeps you up at night, you're, never, you're always going to struggle with that. Pew, pew, pew. Lies, lies, lies. These are the waves. See, these are the things that will cause you to sink. This is what's hurting him. See, some of you, honestly, you're in the middle of a miracle right now, and you have no idea because it's messy. See, you, see, miracles are messy, and you're thinking, my gosh, my life couldn't be in any more disarray. I'll tell you, the miracle that you're in, I wish you could see it the way Jesus sees it. We think they're going to be all cleaned up. The miracles aren't cleaned up. Miracles are messy. Can we agree? Can we agree? See that step of faith? It's pretty good, huh? So can we agree? That uh, I was kind of scared, actually. But I'm just being honest. I'm, you know, I want to be honest. I'm in church. So what was I talking about? Can we agree on something? Can we agree faith? Oh, yeah, yeah. Miracles are messy. Thank you. Okay, I got to pay her some money. Th okay, miracles are messy. Okay? So babies, can we agree that a newborn baby is a miracle? Okay? Have you ever literally seen a newborn baby? I mean, just fresh? Okay, let, I'm going to get a little graphic. So just bear with me. But they're miracles. The, the, I mean... Anyway, so they're beautiful, right? Okay, I'm Mava, when you were born, and you're beautiful. I had never seen, you're just beautiful, beautiful, but it was different at one point, okay? Well, like when you were born, and I was up here with your mom, and there's this sheet right here, and then there's a doctor and a nurse down here. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be up here, okay? I'm staying right here. And the doctor's like, hey, yeah, come on down. You want? I'm like, no, doctor, you're getting paid the money. You, you, I'll, I'm good on this side of the sheet. And I'm up here. I'm holding Jody. She's holding me, cranking on my hand like she wants to rip it off and put her in a purse and take it home with her. I'm like, <laughs> so she's really strong. So she's holding my hand, and I'm like, baby, you got this. You got this. And uh, they're down there, and they're doing their thing, push, do this, do that. And all of a sudden, I hear the, yeah, 
I hear Ava, first words, it's kind of this little scream, and she, she comes out, and I never forget, they kind, of, they kind of lift her up, and I look over, and I'm like, oh my God! She's like, I had to look away. I mean, I thought, oh my God, we, we have an alien. I mean, I, I look at her, like her head, Ava, I'm, I'm just, it's good now, but when you were born, and there's this stuff all over, and then your head was like misshapen. I was like, oh, I'm like, oh my, oh no. And he's like, oh no, and they come out their head. It'll, 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 I'm like, please tell me it's going to like pop back into place. It was just wrong. It was like crooked or something. I don't know. And he's like, do you want to cut the umbilical? I'm like, I'm going to throw up, okay? I'm sorry. I'm just being honest. It was disgusting, but it was beautiful at the same time. I'm sorry. I could never do what they do, ever. So I'm like, clean her up, cut that thing off, pop that head back into place, then give her to me. I'll then, oh, yeah. So miracles are messy. You're in the middle of a miracle, but it's messy. We want the miracles. We just don't want the mess, right? But understand this. If you want to be surrounded by miracles, you better understand the fact that you're going to be surrounded by enemies, okay? You will. So understand that. So today, we're not asking God to prevent the fight. We're asking him to provide the faith because faithful is he who calls you. He will make it happen. He will believe it. Hold it up. Oh, man, God, we need you. Listen to what Jesus says last. Verse 31, immediately. I love it. Remember before? At once, Jesus did this. Immediately, Jesus does this. Immediately, Jesus reached out to Peter and grabbed him. Immediately, in your struggle, you call on his name. He's right there. He's not going to make you suffer. He's not going to, I mean, you just need to reach out to him. You just need to cry out to him. So key. So what's the purpose of that storm? Like the whole thing, Jesus, you knew what you were doing. You knew you threw him in the boat. You knew you sent him out in a typhoon. What's the purpose? The purpose of the storm was to build their faith. The purpose of the storm was to grow them, to, to strengthen them. This is so key that you catch this. It's not fun in the moment. It's messy in the moment. But God wanted to grow. Jesus wanted his friends to grow. Who grew the most? Peter. Who failed? Who sank? Peter. But he grew the most. And I'll guarantee it was not easy. And I'll guarantee, in fact, you could say that Peter pleased God the most in that moment. Because Hebrews 11.6, listen to this. Hebrews 11.6, without faith it is impossible to please God. Think about that statement. Without faith, without taking a risk, without holding up your shield, it is impossible to please him. How many people are walking around living a good life and not pleasing the Father? A lot. A lot. Me, most of my life, to be honest with you. Without faith, he will give you the faith. He will equip you, but you need to activate it. You need to hold up your shield. Oh, my gosh. Peter, we, he can get a lot of crap for sinking. We can look at Peter and say, you know what? You, you screwed things up, but I'm telling you, he dared to get out of the boat. He dared to be different. He took, he's the only one that walked on water besides Jesus Christ. He did all that. i got to give you the main point. And I hope you own this. And I hope you memorize it. And, and more importantly, I hope you live by it. Walking by faith is not easy. We want easy. It's not. It's not. That's why you need Jesus. Walking by faith isn't easy, but it's the only pathway to your purpose. It is the only path to your purpose. You can live a good life without faith. You just can't live a great one. You can't. 
Many people are selling out, living a good life, and Jesus Christ said, I die that you might have abundant life, that you might have full life, but it's going to require something of you to walk by faith. You want to live your purpose? You want to live out your dreams? It's going to require faith. It's not going to be easy. You're going to be tempted to make excuses why it won't work. Why You're going to come up with all kinds of reasons why it's going to fail, whether it's a relationship or it's a job or it's a, or it's a calling, whatever it is. It, trust me, in the boat, when Peter started to get up and walk to the edge, I'm sure the other disciples were like, dang. Yeah, Peter, let's see, how, let's see how it goes for Peter before we get up and do anything. Let's see how Peter does this. It's comfortable in the boat. It's safe in the boat. Here's the problem. It might be comfortable and safe, but Jesus isn't there. We want to go where Jesus is. Jesus is on the water. Peter, has, Peter knew something. And we could, see, just like when you take a step and people can look at your failures and say, oh my gosh, look at this. Yeah, what you, what you don't know is what God did in this or that. Peter walked on the water. Never forget it. Nobody else has ever done that besides him and his Lord. I love that. And know this, when you get called into higher ground, when you get called to walk by faith, I'm telling you something. It, it's it's going to require a lot. Okay, that's why you need to shield up. That's why you need shields up. The, the, the title of today's message, shields up. Turn to two people right now and tell them, shields up. Tell two, shields up, baby. Shields up. We're throwing them up. And we're throwing down. Because Jesus Christ is ready to take you to another level. And he's ready to take you to another level. That's what he wants to do. He wants you to level up. But guess what? New levels bring new devils. Oh, that's good. That was good. New levels, that was God. The new levels bring, what does that say? New levels bring new devils. Too much is given, much is required. That's in the Bible. Plus, Spider-Man's Uncle Ben said the same thing, so you know it's good, right? I'm just telling you. <laughs> Too much is given, much is required. If you're new, maybe you don't know a lot about our church. We started 20 plus months ago. A few of us moved from Sioux Falls. Majority of this church is... There's no more Sioux Falls, Omaha, it's Meadows Church. This is our home. So nothing about what we did to start Meadows Church was safe or easy. I mean, you guys are a lot of work. I don't know if you know that, but it's just, it's hard, but you're worth it. It wasn't safe or easy. Most church plants fail, just like most businesses fail. This one's not, I guarantee. Did you know last weekend... And this is in the middle of summer. I don't know if Pastor Casey told you this. Last weekend, middle of summer, Meadows Church. This church is so weird. Other churches, they don't trend like Meadows does. We had our second highest attendance ever, ever last weekend, other than Easter. Think about that. Hottest day of the year. My gosh. God, you're so crazy. So I look at what God is doing, you guys. God wants to do something miraculous in your life. Some of you who have been coming for a while that you've literally been changed by Jesus Christ, you know what I'm talking about because you're in the middle of it. Others, maybe you're not there yet. You keep coming. I promise you, Jesus Christ will move in your life. Last weekend, we, we had these people making decisions for Christ, believing in him, calling on his name. One woman reached out to me and sent me a message, and I just, I, I, I literally cried after I read it. I'm like, God, you're crazy. It was hot. It was uncomfortable in here. I'm like, God, are you doing anything? It's just, but God sends people, and God does life change. And I get a message. You just need to know that when you take a step of faith, Monty, I can't begin to explain 
the profound effect that Meadows Church has had on helping me not only grow as a woman, but grow in my walk with God. I am eternally grateful for our church family accepting me, loving me unconditionally. Today I recommitted my life to Christ and surrendered everything. I, 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 that, that's why I do what I do. People's lives are changing. It is not easy. I know some of that woman's story, and it, like a lot of your stories, it is hard. It is a grind. She's been through big struggles in the last year, but yet here she was seeking Jesus. And who shows up? Jesus, lifting her up, raising her up, putting her back on solid ground, and making her new. This is his church. Every time that God calls someone to act on faith, almost every time in God's word, it hardly ever made sense, and it was never easy. Moses, guy wandered the desert for 40 years lost as a nomad, wondering, I'm sure, am I ever going to live a purpose? Do I even have a purpose? Some of you are wondering that right now. What is my purpose in life? What am I here on earth to do? Keep stepping in. I promise you, God will show you. He would raise Moses up. Say, Moses, deliver my people. And Moses, by faith, would stand before a Red Sea, raise his staff, his shield, and part it by faith. Joseph would need to be faithful in slavery and in prison before being put in charge of Egypt. David, you ever heard of King David? He would have to herd sheep. Shepherd boy, before he would take down Goliath with a sling and a stone. These are stories. This is God's church. See that God back in those stories? Check this out. That God then is the same God that works in you today. And we're crazy enough at this church to believe this. If God did it then, we're thinking that God can do it again in you and in you and in you and in you. This is what God wants to do. I want that church. We expect too little from God, don't we? I think we do. I think, I think we, we expect too little and we attempt too little. God is calling us out. What is he asking you to do? My gosh, God is faithful, but he can't show us that faithfulness until we take a step, until we hold up the shield. But faith is action. Say action. Action. Hold it up. This is action, okay? Faithfulness. Faithfulness isn't just kind of holding the ground. Faithfulness isn't just kind of sitting back. Faithfulness is storming the gates of freaking hell and taking back enemy territory that belongs to God. That's what faithfulness is. That's what we're doing. So what, what does God have for you and I today? Some of you, honestly, you're going through the biggest battle that you've ever been in. Don't think it's a coincidence that you're sitting at Meadows Church right now in a battle for your life. God is calling you out. You know what? He you, know, you know what? There's another, there's something else that I need to tell you. And this is so true. It's in your notes too if you're taking notes. You need to expect attacks from the enemy. Especially when you're taking steps towards Jesus. People, people get confused wondering, why is Jesus, why, why, why am I in this battle? Well, because God has big plans for your life, that's why. 
expect attacks before your biggest breakthroughs. Lean into this. Before your biggest breakthroughs and after your greatest victories. God showed me that this week. I kid you not. Look back at your life. Look back at what God... I'm, I promise you this formula is true. Expect attacks before your biggest breakthroughs. Some of you are in the middle of attack. Breakthroughs coming. And after your greatest victories. Let me show you. Jesus Christ, when he started his ministry, he was baptized by his, by his cousin in the Jordan River. Do you know what happened? I mean, it was the most majestic time. Jesus comes down and goes up and a, a, a spirit falls down like a dove and God literally says, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. And the very next thing that happens, the Holy Spirit leads Christ into a desert, a barren, a barren desert to starve for 40 days and be tempted by Satan. Well, thank you so much, God. I get baptized and now I'm literally in hell. So that's awesome. But think about it. He had this incredible, incredible victory. And the next thing that happens, pew, 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 arrows all over the place. In Acts, the first church, a church that we want to be like at Meadows, this first church is like 120 people. In Acts 4, if you read Acts, all of a sudden they blow up. Mega church. From 120 to like over 5,000. Oh my gosh, you want to talk of victory? That's victory. Guess what happened next? Severe persecution. Like crazy. So much so that the, or the, the, the early Christ ones or Christians would run and flee because it was that bad. They were getting murdered for their faith. So a, a great victory and then a huge battle. But then a big breakthrough. Well, what's the breakthrough? Well, here's the breakthrough for them. They would run and they would be scattered. What does that do? Spreads the church. Forces the church to multiply. Forces the church to reach more people in Jesus' name. Just because it doesn't make sense to you doesn't mean it doesn't make sense to God. Okay, do you understand that? It's so key that you catch this. Look at the story today. Look at it. The disciples. Oh my gosh, we're feeding all these people. It's like, ah, this moment is incredible. And the angels and the loaves and the fish. And oh my gosh, it's incredible. All of a sudden, a storm. And they're in the middle of it. So, victory, storm. All right, pastor, what's the breakthrough? <laughs> Just keep reading after I read that. If you, kept, if you kept reading what happened to the disciples when they got to the other side of the lake, you know what you'd find? They get to the other side of the lake with Jesus now. More miracles, more healings, more life change. Unbelievable. But what if they would have just gave up in the boat? What if they would have not called on the name of the Lord? What if they would have said, you know what, it's too difficult. I don't get it. I'm not even sure that Jesus is real or with me. Well, the, the problem is if they would have got that, they would have never saw the miracle waiting on the other side. Say other side. Other side. See, there's another side in your life. There's an other side of your life. You're on this side, so you can't see it. You don't need to see it. That's why you need to walk by faith. Keep walking. Keep taking a step. Eventually, you're going to get to the other side. And you're going to see what, that Jesus was with you all along. It's so key that we get this. And what if they would have given up? They didn't give up. Some of you, you're, you're, you're thinking about it yourself. And you're thinking, I'm going to give up. I'm, I, I want to plead with you. Do not give up. Do not give up. What the devil meant for evil, God will use for good. See, say faith. 
Shout faith. Faith. Faith is what it takes to take a step and say, I'm ready for my purpose. Shout purpose. Purpose. You have a purpose. It won't be easy. It won't make sense. But it will be worth it because your Jesus, he's with you. Your Jesus, he's for you. And in him, we believe the best is yet to come. If you believe it, I need someone to shout up in this place. Woo! I believe it. I believe it. He said it. He's proven it. You need some faith today. And I'm here to give it to you through the word of God. You need to hold up your shield today. Romans 10, 17. So faith comes. How does faith come, God? From hearing the good news about Christ. All right. So God's telling me that you need to hear some good news. Because you need your faith to grow. You're in a battle. You're in the storm. You're in the arrows. You're in the waves. Here's the good news. That Jesus that fed the, that fed the thousands, that Jesus that calmed the wind and the waves, the Jesus that he heals people and makes people new, that Jesus Christ eventually would die on a cross for you and I. Dead. That was the plan all along, by the way. Don't feel bad for him. Celebrate with him. He's not dead anymore. I'll get to that in a second. He dies on a cross to heal us from our crap, from our sin, from our mistakes, from our dysfunction, from the mess that we make every day. I don't know about you, but I'm a sinner. I screw up. I, I mean, I tell you, I'm probably the biggest heathen in this place. Ask my family, they'll tell you. Trust me. I, I need Jesus. I need his grace. Well, this is, what the, this is what the cross is all about. So Jesus on the cross dies like a criminal, never hurt anybody, never sinned, but he was murdered. On purpose, for a purpose. I love that. You have a purpose. Three days later, he would rise from the dead. This is the greatest miracle in history. It's a fact. He was a dead man and then alive. That's, that's Christianity, by the way, that event. Nothing else. If you can't wrap your head around anything else, wrap your head around the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And if you can believe in that today, you can call on the name of the Father and you will be saved. That's what the Bible says. He will grow your faith. So Jesus Christ rises from the dead, defeats sin, defeats death, defeats Satan. Well, why are we still fighting Satan then? Well, because Satan still has free reign of this world, okay? For a, for a time, for a time, temporary. So Satan's been defeated, so the only way he can defeat us is by lies. Because he's bound and, he, and, he's, and he's, he's defeated. But he shoots arrows, and he shoots accusations, and he shoots lies. And I'm telling you, I said it earlier, some of you, you're living a good life. You have a good income. You have a good family. You just aren't walking by faith. You're missing it. And you're living a life that is not pleasing to the Father. And you know what? It's not even pleasing to you and you know it. That's why there's a void inside of you. That's why even though my life looks good on the outside, there's something missing on the inside. Trust me, I've been there. I've lived it. So I can relate. And my drug addiction, miserable. Good. It was far from good. It was far from God. Walking by faith isn't easy, but it's the only way to live out your purpose. That story that I shared with you about the boat, think about Peter and Jesus. Guess who walked back to the boat together? 
Think about that. Peter and Jesus, hand in hand, arm in arm, walking back on the water. You don't think about that part, do you? Walking back on the water together. Say together. If you're new, we're, we're a church that heavily believes in doing life together. And I look at this miracle of Jesus, and I'm going to tell you something. I wonder how different it would look if, if rather than just Peter got up, what if all the disciples got up? What if all of them by faith stood up, got to the edge of the boat, and walked together? The shield, if you, if, you, if you don't know, shields back in the medieval days and with the Roman soldiers, the shields were made to link together. So on each end of the shield were, were these little things that would help them lock to other shields. So, so literally, maybe you've seen the movies where they can literally form a wall. And they're down like this, and they'll, they'll literally lock their shields together. Why? Well, because we're better together. You will not win the battle by yourself. You weren't created to, to, to fight the battle by yourself. You weren't. That's why they're made that way. What if the disciples, by faith, would have what? I wonder if they would have even need Jesus to reach out. They're with each other. Oh, Peter, you're sinking. Here, you're, you're good, bud. You're good, bud. Let me lift you back up. Oh, thanks, John. I appreciate it. John, John, you okay? You okay? Oh, thanks, Bartholomew. I'm, that's Bartholomew. Nobody mentions him, so I thought he should get some credit today. So, um, thanks, Bartholomew. So, think about that. It's why we do life groups, small groups, Bible studies. Call them whatever you want. I call them doing life together. I call them locking shields together because you can't win the battle alone. If you're not in a life group or a small group, I cannot encourage you enough to talk to guest services and just inquire, look at them, change your life. The battle was never meant to be fought alone. And if you're here today and you've never called on the name of Jesus Christ by faith, believed in him to save you from your sin and from hell and from eternal death, today's your day. Commit or recommit your life to Jesus Christ. Do not leave here until that's a done deal. Please. Jesus wants you to take a step. I can't tell you what the step of faith is. The Holy Spirit will tell you that. It might be in a relationship. It might be in a career. It might be with your children. You need, you need to call on his name and he'll guide you. He will reach out and he will hold you. But if, but if you're not in a life group here, please look into that. You will not regret it. I promise you. Take your next step towards Jesus. It won't be easy. It won't make sense a lot of times, but it will change your life. Father, I thank you so much for your spirit in this place today. Faith. It isn't easy, is it? But I guess that's why they call it faith. If it was easy, if it made sense, it really, you really probably wouldn't be necessary, would you? We can do those things on our own. See, many people today, God, I believe that they're living life apart from faith. And I know that to us it can look good. In fact, I'll tell you, part of the de deception of the enemy is that we'll look at our life and think, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm doing what God wants me to do. Are we? Or are we truly stepping out towards our God-given purpose and walking by faith? God, build our faith like you did the disciples. Equip us like you did them. Let us call out and cry out to you if we're drowning. One thing I love about Peter's story that we didn't even talk about. He cried out to you right away. He started to go down. Jesus, save me. Some of us, we wait till we're under the water. Some of us, we wait till we're drowning before we reach out and cry out for help. 
God, there are people here today that are literally in a place where the water is over their head. I pray that they know that it's never too late to reach out to the church, to reach out to your son, to call on his name, to ask for help, to ask for prayer, to ask for healing, to ask for hope. Hope is in this place today for the person that needs to call on your name. Commit, recommit, give their life to you, sell out to the king. They will never, ever regret it. God, I pray in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, that your will be done in this place today. We trust you, we love you, and we desperately need you, God. Send your spirit, do what only you can do. We'll never stop praising your name. We'll never stop giving you glory. We'll never stop declaring God in you. The best is yet to come. In Jesus' name I pray, and everybody says, amen.